Right. And here we are with, with episode number 19 of the Florida Trail Runners Podcast. These are the stories from the Endurance Hunter 100. We've got Hunter and Jeff, two of your race directors for this event. And then we've got Mr. Hot Chocolate, Lucian. He's hopping on the call. And then we've got Joseph Greenslade. He's one of those guys out there with the O-Town Blazers. Both of these guys, they've done it before. They're out there again. Lucian's doing the 100 mile, Joseph's doing the 100K, and let's just hop right into it. All right, checking in. Almost. Uh, yeah, 15.7 miles. So I'm roughly a quarter of the way done with this race. Um, I'm about three minutes per mile, three and a half minutes per mile faster than my planned pace. So the mixed snow and sleet has stopped for now. But as you can see, it actually came down enough to stick. Not sure what the temperature is, but my uh, my legs, a little chilly. <laughs> but I'm doing okay, as long as I keep moving, I'm warm enough. <sighs> Overall, it's going really well today. I'm feeling good. And uh, we're glad to be out here doing this. It's tough. Live on top of the mountain, baby. Yeah, it's raining. Oh my god. Rough these fucking mountains. It's tough. Fucking cold. My fucking hands freezing. Shit. I want to fix my shoelace. I could've been fixed that shit, yo. <laughs> my my hand frozen. <laughs> I got some candy bars, some snacks. That shit frozen. I can't even eat that shit. Ooh, yo, snowing out here. Look, look, it's snowing. Colder than I thought. The sun ain't seems like the sun ain't coming out today. Or it's cold now. It's gonna be freezing tonight. Hey Jeff. Hey, how's it going? It's good. 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 <coughs> hey Hunter. Hey Joseph. And Joseph. Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Well, how are you guys doing? Well, we got we got our sleep back finally. It takes a couple of days to recover after a race, even though we didn't race. But so it takes a little bit to to get back into the swing of things. So by Tuesday we're about normal. But then I have to go out and clear the whole forest, so then it's a race again. Yeah, hear me? Hey, yeah. Lucian. Hey, Lucian. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Chocolate caliente in the house. All right, this is new. This is new to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I feel like I live a double life. I ain't gonna lie. I be here in Miami cutting hair. Then I be in the, the trails of Georgia running the uh -huh. mountains. You know what I'm saying? Don't, yeah. don't, don't only, the only black man in Blue Ridge. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, that's, that's living, though. I, I ain't seen snow in so long. I was so happy to see snow. I said, what? Snow in April. That's very yeah. rare. That late in yeah. the season. It was yeah. better than the monsoon last year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> are, are we are we live? Are we already are we started? Are we already started? <laughs> I don't know. Are we just talking? <laughs> Ooh, wait. Um well I mean technically it's recording, but it's like oh, all once, right. once we go, we go and then I'll you know I can clip around and stuff like all that. All right, all right. Oh, all right. I don't know how it works. I don't know what but yeah, I guess we'll kick it off with a little bit about yourselves and at least for Hunter and Jeff, your roles on race day. And then we'll go to Joseph and Lucian to, you know, what brought you out. And of course, you know, a little bit about yourself. So I guess I, I can start it off if you want me to um, kind of talk about my role and everything. Kind of coming up with the idea of Endurance Hunter 100. I've been a longtime adventure racer and ultra runner just recently, but my training ground has always been up in Blue Ridge mainly on the Bent Mackay and Penhody Trail. And I just had this idea that there needed to be this epic point-to-point -point race in Blue Ridge. And I wanted to connect all my favorite trails in one race. Even if they were the toughest trails in North Georgia, in my opinion, I wanted to connect a really epic course. And luckily, my dad put on adventure races. And I convinced him to put on this epic race point-to-point. -point. We, we did it last year. We learned a bunch from it. And then this year, I think we 
we did all the improvements that we wanted to and it pulled off really nicely. And I think the course has a lot of potential for a really tough race as the, there was a lot of people that couldn't make it all the way because it is just such a tough course and with the snow and everything. Amazing, amazing adventure. So this is Jeff Leininger. So I'm the RD and Hunter's dad. And, um, you know, we, we did talk about, you know, uh, an, an epic point to point. Most of my adventure races, I'm kind of known for the point to point thing. I, I never like just running clover leaves in the same area over and over, seeing the same things over and over again. And just, it just, it, it, I never liked that style of racing. So, you know, so when my adventure races are mostly point to point, so I'm like, okay, well, let's try, you know, a point to point somewhere, you know, in Blue Ridge or we didn't actually, we're, we weren't going to start in Blue Ridge at first, but um, I already have a relationship with Blue Ridge for two other races. And so they were really excited about being able to put on a hundred and they're like, you, you know, can you start downtown? So that was like a challenge, right? Starting downtown is tough. Even with an adventure race, um, most of the time I have to leave, they have to leave out on bike to get anywhere that's into the wilderness area. So when we started looking at this, we started saying, all right, we got to figure out a way to pick up the bit in Mackay um, and get them out of town safely because we don't want you to run on any major roads. So the railroad tracks have been closed for about two decades now, leading from Blue Ridge out to LJ. So we thought, okay, let's run them down the railroad tracks because it goes underneath uh, Highway 5, which is the safest route we could come up with. And then we run about three miles on this little back road. And then that's it. Now you're into the wilderness. Uh, we got some private landowners um, allowed us to use their land to cut through and connect to the BMT. Um, once we're on the BMT, um, it's a really nice section of about 12 to 14 miles of the BMT connecting up to um, where the start of the Pinhoti is, the northern terminus. Um from there, Hunter and I have mountain biked the Pinhoti so many times, and we've always, you know, loved mountain biking. Um, the all the Pinhoti, the the Bear Creek, all of that area over there where Mulberry Gap is, and so that was a no brainer to have them run through that section. And then when it came down to, well, we need more miles. We can't just have them run straight Pinhoti to Dennis Mill. Um, and so we were like, wow, it would be a monster if we made them at the end of the race, go up to top of Fort Mountain and do a double loop on the two trails there. And so it was really, once we started adding up the mileage, it was a no brainer. It ended up coming up right around 97 miles. So we just had to add a little bit more and we got it. So, um, that's how the, the, the course kind of fell into place and, um, you know, we, we love it. We, it's a great big parking lot at Dennis Mill for the finish. Obviously, downtown Blue Ridge is awesome. People can come in, hang out for their first day, and, and um, you know go eat at some amazing restaurants, spend the night in the hotels there because they've got like four new hotels now. Um, and Blue Ridge is just growing, and they're so receptive to running events now that it just makes it easy to put on races in, in North Georgia here in Blue Ridge. I, 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 I love the tough. I love the tough course because it, it, it makes me stronger. And you know, uh, this is Lucian hot chocolate, by the way. Ooh, you know, I you know I love I love Jeff and Hunter. You know, you know when I met Jeff, two, no, I met Hunter first, 2020, right? You know, he yeah. was doing his first hundred miler. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He was he was he. You know, I like to see where he was at to to, to where he's at now. You know what I'm saying? I was passing yeah. him on the trail. I always said, this, oh, what up, man? Oh, he's only, you 16, 17, or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, like, and then, you know, then was I met long Jeff haul? later on. Was it Long Haul? That's where I met Joseph. Long Haul, long haul 2020. Oh, no, it was Long Haul 18. No, no 19, 19. Was it 19 just before Eco? Because the first, the first time I did Long Haul was 2019. It was after the Eco Challenge. I was sitting on my butt for two months, and I was like, hey, there's a 100-miler next weekend. Let's sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 2020, right? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I love the course. I, lo I, 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 I love nature. I'm a city boy from Brooklyn. I live in Miami. But, you know, I love nature. I love the mountain run. I, 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 just, I just enjoyed it so much. Very tough. Yeah. Very tough event but uh thank you guys thank you 
guess me then. Uh, all right, I'm Joseph Greenslade. Uh, I ran the uh, the hundred k version of the race. Um, I did the fifty ish uh, miler last year, so uh, knew what I was getting into for the terrain and everything. Just adding a few miles. Um, I got into well, I got into endurance uh, sports in late nineties. Started doing marathon running and uh, triathlons. Did an Ironman triathlon back then. Um, bunch of marathons, and then got into trail running. Uh, in 2012, I moved out to Monterey, California. Tons of trails out there, Big Sur, and up, up and down the California coast. So I got into trail running out there, but didn't really do any racing. And then was living out and moved down to Southern California and got into long distance solo hiking. So that's how I, I transitioned from uh, going out hiking by myself with a pack and covering, you know, 20 to 35 miles in a day to realize that there are races that I could go do with other people, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and so started doing races instead of just hiking by myself. Nice. And uh, like I said, this is the second time I went up to do the Endurance Hunter. I'd also, uh, I ran the 2019 and 2020 uh, Blue Ridge Ultras. That's how I met uh, Jeff and Hunter going up there to do those 50Ks. And so just always know they put on a good race and I really like that area. I'm kind of like Lucian. I'm, I live down here in Florida in the flatland, but I, I really enjoy my running Georgia in the mountains. Yeah, Hunter and I lived in Jacksonville for, in, you know, all of his life and then all, you know, all of my life I've lived in Florida and I always visited up into the mountains, the Smoky Mountains. I always visited the mountains. So we we didn't even know about Blue Ridge until I found out about this Blue Ridge Adventure Race. And, um, you know, it's like this little kept secret. You know, everybody knows about Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge and all the big tourism up there in the Smoky Mountains and so forth. So, you know, it was, it was always a great little hidden gem up here up in Blue Ridge. And so, you know, coming from Florida... It's just such a unique atmosphere, you know. People that live in the area already know about it, but Florida is kind of people in Florida are kind of discovering the Blue Ridge Mountains and obviously all the little towns up here that support it. I think that was a big part of why we designed the route to be that way to start in Blue Ridge is because we wanted a destination for like Floridians mainly. That was always people in mind that they can come up with their family and they're not just in the middle of the woods where their family has nothing to do. This race actually starts in downtown Blue Ridge, which has so many different things for families to do while you're racing for 100 miles. And that was the biggest appeal to us of why we decided Blue Ridge. Um, because growing up, that's where we used to visit as a family. Um, and yeah, that's what we wanted for the race. Yeah, it's always cool to kind of have that, at least a kind of a destination race for like a lot of people that don't even live in the area, especially for us Floridians too. And it's even nicer when you kind of have that Florida connection. So now that we've kind of just talked about the course and, and the design of the course, for Lucian and Joseph, how was it out there? All right. Uh, you want me to go? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you go, Lucian. Yeah, okay. The first mile, it, it, it's great. You know, Blue Ridge, Georgia is, is beautiful. And, you know, the, like plenty of hotels. And, and the, 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 ho the hotels are priced right, too. So that's great, too. Um. But the, the, the trail, I mean, it's, it's running on the train tracks was great. You know, leading all the way to the, the mountain. <laughs> doesn't sound like you. That doesn't sound convincing at all. No, no, it was, it was, it was different. I mean, it, it, truly, I, I like change. Very, everything is challenging, though. Everything is yeah. different, but it's, it's, it's different from what. You know, I remember, I, I deal with heat a lot. So it's great to get out the heat. So <clears throat> the terrain is crazy. The, you know, everything is a little crazier, but. At least I ain't got the heat, you know. Yes. But um, mm -hmm. you know the, the 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 river run, the 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 trails. I mean, the first mile is great. I I, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy a challenge, and and you know, it's my second time, and it's still challenging. No matter how much you think you got it, then you're like, uh, you know. But it was it was it was it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah that part of it is the course is kind of deceiving. Like you can look on paper and be like, okay. 100 miles, 100K. In the 100 mile, you got 22,000 feet of gain, I think we got. And that's a lot. But when you look at some other races, that's not as much. But what it doesn't take into account is 
we have a lot of creek crossing. It's more of a wilderness adventure course than just some groomed California running trails. It is some gnarly East Coast trails that you're crossing creeks, like a couple dozen creeks at points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And trees down that, like, we try to clear as much as we can, but that's part of the appeal of the race. <laughs> we don't want the easiest course ever. It's more of like an adventure course. If you want to adventure, you want to challenge yourself, you do something different. That's kind of the appeal to the race for why we do it that way. And you know what's yeah. so funny? The, the mountains, the mountains are trying to throw you off there. Like I, for some reason, I, I feel like the mo- mountains are trying to push me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not used to a lot of shit. So I said, man, you better lean in. You know what I'm saying? I gotta lean uh-huh. in. So all yeah. the mountain, every time I'm running, I said, this fight, this 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 mountain trying to push me off off this cliff. <laughs> it's, it's 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 great. It's like oh. You know, that's adventure racing. I like I said, I know Jeff Hunter. They, you know, they they built a, a, a it's a run, but it's an adventure race. You know, with the trees and all type. Of, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's definitely one of those courses that's underestimated because of the fact that I mean, we probably cleared thirty trees, but we left a hundred. Uh, yeah. just <laughs> there's just <laughs> there's just so and, much wind. Yeah, up there, and it just gets so saturated that we've had, and we've been here for three years now. When we first got here, there was hardly any trees down, but the last two years we've had such devastating storms. I mean, you you, you saw the tornadoes that came through Tennessee and, and Kentucky and through here. It just comes through here and just rips down trees, and the maintenance guys can't keep up with it. We're talking a hundred miles of trails, so <laughs> it's just they can't keep up with it. Yeah, mm. but I felt like I felt like there were a couple trees you have to deal with in the first two thirds or three quarters of the race, and then yeah. about the time when my legs just can't take any extra bending, I'm like trying to figure <laughs> out how I can get over or around these trees, yeah. you know, mm. because like mm. doing anything other than standing upright was just not comfortable. I ended up just like belly crawling under a couple of them because <laughs> I just couldn't <laughs> squat. Just can't go <laughs> over. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I could like bend enough to get under it. So I just flopped down and crawled under. Just well, flop into the, the <laughs> just flop into the, the things, and low crawl. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Crazy. One of the things that people don't quite understand, a lot of people have asked is, well, why why aren't you just getting crews out there with chainsaws and clearing all those trees? And and the problem is is the Forest Service will not allow gas powered chainsaws or battery operated chainsaws. Mm, mm. You have to hand chain Mm. those trees you got one guy on one side one guy on the other side and you have to hand saw that all of it you can't go in with any chainsaws because i could knock that out in you know a day i could clear all that crap out in a day with a big old powerful chainsaw but mm. you can't do that it's against uh you know the rules of the forest service and uh so these crews that maintain those trails are a bunch of 60 year old guys that are retired that go out and just do it and they'll take out three four trees a day but you mm. see some of those trees are massive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Massive. You imagine trying to cut through that with just a, a chain on one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no way. Uh, that's a, so that's an adventure sport right there. That's what you need to do. You need to make that one of your events. <laughs> like people have to, people have to cut down a tree yeah, and then they yeah. get a stamp on their card and they'll yeah. they they drag the tree out yeah. or not. Or, or not, not cut it down, but they have to cut one that's blocking a trail and then keep a wedge in their bag to show when they get in. <laughs> yeah, all of my vehicles have chainsaws in them because, mm. you know, we're trying to make it to, I mean, anything can happen. And we're out scouting for the race or flagging the race or even during the race, overnight, trees could fall. Mm, and yeah. we won't be able to get to an aid station because there could be one tree down over the only road in there mm. and we're screwed. So all of my vehicles have to have chainsaws. We're allowed to chainsaw on a road. They allow mm. that. But on a trail, they won't allow it. So yeah. unfortunately, there's, you know, until they get it all cleaned up and hopefully the storms stay light this year and they can catch up. And then maybe we won't have as many down as this year. But it's always going to be some trees down. It's a wilderness trail right. that is right. very, very remote. Mm. And that's also where the race takes place. We're using the Bitmakai and Penhody where no other races take you. Like the Blue Ridge Ultra 
over there, there's a few other races that go in that area, and a lot of people use it, tourists and everything, so they maintain those trails pretty nicely. But the, the trails we use for the Endurance Hunter, it's a wilderness. They're, mm. in my opinion, the best part of the Pinoti and Bemakai. They're the toughest, the best, uh, but that also a lot of people don't know about them, so they mm. don't mention them as much as the other ones. What did yeah. you think about the extra mile, mm-hmm. there, the miles that you had to do with Joseph compared to last year? Last year, we at 8 Station 2, we cut you left, and you just went down the road, and you were at 3 really quick. But now you had to go continue on the BMT to pick up the Pinhoti connector. How did you like that section? Yeah, that was an, that was a nice section of trail. And, you know, and I, was, I, had, I had looked on the, the map beforehand, so I was expecting that right-hand turn. Because when I saw that you know, it was 100K, you know, I immediately thought, well, where'd they get the extra three or four miles? And it just looked at it and saw that, that, uh, that offshoot off there to the, yeah. like, I think it went up to the North and then cut right back down. Yep. Yeah. So we couldn't use it last year. Um, we couldn't use the road that you ran down to cross over, um, the river to pick up the Pinhoti. We weren't allowed to use that because there were so many trees down. Now, ah. when you went today, or when you went this weekend, there was a massive tree down right there at the creek where you go to pick up the Pinhoti connector. So you can see how they, the Forest Service last year wouldn't allow me to use two different sections. This year, they were like, hey, we couldn't get to cleaning them up. If you want to use them, use them. But the runners are going to have a fun time jumping over trees. I'm like, well, I don't want to shorten the course. So yeah, we'll just let yeah. them jump over trees. Ooh, it was it was great. It was, no matter what, it was it was great. Dude. Thank you, thank you guys, thank you. Nice. I didn't I, I didn't object to jumping over trees. I I kind of I knew what to expect because I've been in the area before and like uh, like Hunter said, I wasn't expecting like groomed, easy to run trails. Um, and uh, in some regard, it, it it keeps it interesting. I, I'm with and I'm with you, Jeff. The clover leaf the multiple loops that drives me nuts i mean i do that because that's the only thing that's available sometimes or i do it because the the community like uh long haul you know that yeah. clover leaf it, it, you get the miles in but it's just mind numbing <laughs> just seeing the same terrain over and over again so no i i i i like the 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 backwoods feel of the course i like the you know you never know exactly what's coming um and I saw lots of guys, you know, I'd come up to watercross and then just splash across it. And there's guys like taking off their shoes and all. I'm just like, your feet are going to get wet. You got like 30 more creek crossings ahead, man. <laughs> they don't know that. And that's typical in, in, in racing, especially like in adventure racing. You know, you, the first spot you come to or you see there's water, you're like, oh my gosh, let me see, conserve my socks and my shoes. Yeah. And you you do it, you cross the creek, you're like, yeah, I was all proud of myself. You go right around the corner, and there's a river you can't even avoid. You're going to yeah. get completely wet. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. I love the fact that they, this trail doesn't build bridges over the creeks. You got to go through them. You know, um, there's sections of the BMT that are out in, like I said, in the more of the touristy areas, the southern part of Blue Ridge, which is the Aska area. There's bridges over all the water. And that's not to me. I mean, so it's okay. It's a great trail and everything. It's not as appealing to me because in adventure racing, we, we sometimes we don't even have trails. We just have to go through whatever is there. And I think that's kind of the appeal to this race is that we pick that section of the trails that pretty much you have to cross every creek yourself and not have a bridge. Definitely amazing. And the thing is, this year I didn't get to the trees. Oh, I, last year, I, last year, yeah, this year I didn't get to the, the point. Uh, What's it? Mm-hmm. Eight Station Three. I got. Yeah. I got. I got redirected. I got excited, <laughs> and, and and I got lost. <sighs> and I, I even had a GPS watch and everything. I, I man, I, I you know I got to learn how to read trails, read, read maps, and you know I, you know the funny thing. I, I felt it's, I felt good about everything, so it ain't really like it's just you know like I said, wow. But I, I always look for the message when things go when things don't go exactly as planned. There's a message because. All my, all my, all my runs are spiritual journeys. So I look for the message. When when things go right, I don't see, I don't see too much of message. You know what I'm saying? But when things go wrong, I say, what was the message? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I look for the positive. What was the message? <laughs> last year, last year I did, you know, I, I got to the 80 miles. So I did the, I did that part. But so I don't know what the difference is between last year and this year. It was about double, double amount. Double. Yep. Double the trees. Yeah. Ooh, what? Uh, 
<laughs> so, that one yeah. section, right? The five miles from three. There were, oh, that sounds, okay. yeah, that about sounds about right. Yep, <laughs> there yep. were a lot I, of I trees. Set, when I set the course, I biked that section. Mm. <laughs> Probably the worst decision I could have made because it took me, I want to say like four hours to go that just that little, it, I was averaging like two miles per hour on a bike through that section because it was just nonstop carrying your bike over all yeah. the trees. So luckily you guys only had a run through the trees. I had to carry my bike through it. <laughs> yeah. Cause Joseph and Lucian, you guys have now done this. You've been there before. Did you guys have any kind of race plan coming into the race? Uh, yeah. Well, I had knowing the terrain. My plan was to, um, take advantage of the road, uh, right at the start to kind of be a little quicker than I planned on. Um, because I also was planning on just walking the tracks cause I, I stubbed my toe a couple times running the tracks last year. Didn't fall down, but I did have a couple uh, arm flail and saves. Mm. And so I said, I'm just going to walk that section. So, and I also knew that there was a road section right after that. So I kind of, I started out jogging a little faster than, uh, mm -hmm. I knew that was going to be my fastest section, jogging to the tracks, walk the tracks, and then jog the road section till we actually uh, got into the, uh, Basically jogged all the way to the uh, at a, at a faster pace all the way to the zip line uh, that first aid station. Mm, nice. And then and then after that it was jog the flats and the downhills and power hike the uphills was my plan. Yeah, yeah, I had a plan. I, I had a plan too. <laughs> Don't we all have a plan? <laughs> yeah, we all have a plan. Like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I got, you I got, got knocked. I got, you got knocked the hell out. Is what yeah, you got, man. <laughs> I was looking for signal. Come, come rescue me. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I don't know where I'm. Is I man? I'm on a mountain. I knew court. where you were when you yeah. were texting me, letting me know where you were. I said, I know where he is. He's at Jack's River, and yeah. I know there's people. There's horse people. Not like people that are like half horse, half human. I'm talking about people that ride horses. <laughs> you never know in Georgia. <laughs> but I knew there was horse people there. Yeah. And I knew Lucian, when you stop running and it's 30 degrees, you'll get cold. I don't care what it is. Yeah. I said, I got to get him to a fire. So I told him, I said, go over there and just talk to somebody. Tell them what you're doing and, and see if you can sit by their fire until I can come get you. And he's like, hell no. <laughs> I, was, I, I said, I said, I said, no way. I said, I don't know this part. I said, I said, middle, I, said I mean, it's pitch black. And, and, uh, 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 I don't know, man. I said, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. I said, yo, you don't roll up on nobody in the in the night in the middle of nowhere. Uh, 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 uh. I said, I said, yo, I, I, I meet you in the bathroom. There's yeah. a bathroom there. I'll be yep. in the bathroom. Just knock on. <laughs> I, I, this is another bathroom. This ain't the, from the 200 miler. And I said, yo. I said, yo. I said, I'll be in there. I'll be patiently waiting because I don't know where the hell I'm at. I don't know where I'm going. You yep. know. I said, Safe, safety first. <laughs> yeah, and you were only about a mile and a half from aid station three in the trail. But yeah. I just didn't want you to try to make a move to go try to find it again. No, 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 no. When I you were already discombobulated. And nah, everything, I, so. I spent two hours trying to get out of whatever I would put myself into. I was like, man, yeah. you know, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to live. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out here. <laughs> yep. And that was a big safety thing is why we did the live tracking. So everybody had GPS trackers and for the most part, it worked pretty accurately the entire time. So we could see where Lucian was and no, hey, stay there. Hey, you're off course, backtrack. We could like call racers up if they ever got off course and get them back to safety. Yeah, or the problem the phone the phone wasn't working. The problem no, but yeah. I, everybody knew where I was when it when I when I finished the race. People said, Yeah, I saw you over there at A Station Three. You was moving up and down. You know, I don't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> so they were tracking me. You know, I was like, Hey, you know, you know, shit happens. I I don't know. You know, but it's we'll make that mistake you, again next year. You'll be like, nope, I'm turning yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well okay. you know, ask Hunter. Hunter, Hunter's the teenager. Well, he's not anymore, but he's the one that's all the technology. So go mm. to him, and he will show you how to use, uh, you know, a GPX file yeah, on your yeah. phone. Because then you just pull out your phone and see, oh man, I am, I am off. You know, I'm not yeah. here. And uh, 
you know, one of the one of the key things was is that you were in the middle of the pack. It wasn't like you were in the, the like the, the tail yeah. end. And, you know, after a while, you didn't see anybody. And yeah. you knew you were in trouble when you didn't see anybody and you didn't see any flags. And no. it was and getting dark. And it, it, was it, wrong. It, it, yeah. it was pitch black. It was pitch black out there. You know, but um, and I got in. <laughs> I got in. Tell you trees down he just said look for the trees no no but see i know the trees are gonna be down but he just told me he just told me nine miles downhill i said what after i was coming from, i said boy i'm gonna make up some time you know i was saving myself for the night you know i got the lights and then, next thing you know i'm like hold up something's wrong you know <laughs> <laughs> so i'm doing i'm doing fast miles going the wrong damn way and then before you know it I'm asking the wrong people questions, and before they, oh, like we see signs in those signs in the, in the trails, but it was it was it was places I already been. So I said, "Oh my god!" Yep. Yeah. So you know, it, it it is what it is. It's no no big deal, no big deal. All right. Yeah, well, we got we got you home safe. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was it was, it was an experience, and uh, I I always find the positive and the negative. So it's all good. Good. <laughs> yeah, like all the Florida races I've done. You don't really have to worry too much about a watch or GPX tracking or anything. Like the whole long call, I did it without a watch because it's, you know, the course, you're not going to get mm. lost. When you come up to the mountains, that's like, I've been lost for dozens of miles just because I didn't have my GPX on mm. my phone or my watch to keep you on track. And that's, that's a, like you said, like you look at the positive of it, like adventure aces, that's the name of the game. If you mm. don't get lost, you're not racing. Like mm. you get lost for hours in adventure races and just mm. to have a positive mindset to get back on track or even mm. if you never get back on track like you, like you still have the positive mindset of, oh, I'm fine. I can do it next year. I know I know what mistake happened. I know, yeah, learn from yeah. it. Exactly, Matt. Because somebody, the guy said, you should have downloaded to your phone and your watch. You know, they were telling me, I said, now, now, you know what it does? It make me, I, you know, it makes me study more about how to direct myself because I have the strength, I have the the yeah. willpower. But where I'm, if I don't know where the hell I'm going, where I'm going with all that strength and willpower, I'm standing still. Like where the hell? <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a race here. Wait. There's a race here yeah. in two weeks. Um, that is not marked. They don't mark the trails. So their permitting won't allow them to do any kind of markings on the trails. I love the GPS tracking because you can actually see where someone's at. So sitting from home, like I, I don't have the time to make it all the way out there. So I could just watch on the GPS tracker and see where someone's at. But two with either the GPS tracking and, you know, GPX files. Is that something that you did on your own or was that something that like your permitting required you to do? You know, every, every forest service is different and this one is kind of weird, but every runner has to have a GPX file. Every mountain biker that's in this race mm. has to have GPX files. That's how you navigate through that entire race. There's mm. no trail markings. I mean, there's trail signs that say this is the, you know, the courts trail or whatever, but if you don't know where you're going, it's all up to you. And uh, you know, that's a race that's coming up here in two weeks. That's just nothing but, zero trail markings mm. so you know so learning that technology and technology is getting better I, you know i love introducing the tracking um to ultras because we've had tracking for adventure races for, for for many many years and it's getting so the trackers are so small now they're getting better there's more coverage now that it just makes it so much easier for us to be able to have tracking on all of the runners and mm. then if there's any issues i mean we saw issues during the race and we got notified, hey, we got a couple of runners running down Highway 52 or, <laughs> or, or Highway 2 that missed the turn. And mm. we were able to have somebody out there within 10 minutes and go, hey, turn around. You're on the wrong road. Oh, we missed the turn. And so mm. that is awesome because it keeps people in the race. Even though they made a mistake and had to run an extra mile, it's better than them running extra four or five miles and just being deflated and saying, mm. I'm out of this race. I just want to go home now, mm. you know? So the tracking I, makes it for, makes it so much better. Yeah. Well, from a, from a race administration point, that's great. But from a safety point, I think it's, it's even huger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. huger, that's a great word. It's, it's, it's even more important from, it's even more important from a safety standpoint. I've got a, I've got a Garmin in reach that I usually have powered up in my pack, but because you guys had GPS tracking this year, I left it at home. Um, mm. but just for that, just in case I end up out in the woods and I can't figure out where the heck I am or something happens, you know, but knowing that you guys are actually monitoring it, you know, if you saw my little dot on the side of the trail, you know, 
hey, Joseph hasn't moved in two hours. We might want to send somebody up there to see if he's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, nice. I think that's I think that's real important. That's what I got did, a lot like, of I got a lot of feedback from the crews too that it was very handy because I've crewed Hunter multiple races and I can't sleep. And I, cause I think he's going to be there oh, yeah. based on the pace. You know, I, this section is nine miles, blah, blah, blah. It's going to take him three hours. He should be here, you know, and I can, I can time it. Well, you know, four hours goes by four and a half hours goes by. I didn't realize that the section could have down trees or could have, you know, he was having problems. I know he's on his way here, but you know, knowing the tracking um, for all the racers helped out the crews determine how long they have to they get need to get to the next aid station how long they have to wait before they see yeah. and it was kind of really evident at the finish line was we did we we were paying attention to the tracking but we were also cooking meals and doing other things next thing you know what you see this group of people start heading towards the trail and you're like oh there's a runner coming because they're <laughs> watching the tracking right. and they know their runner's coming so that's how we kind of knew. Mm, so nice, it, nice. All, all in all, it's just a great thing to just add that into the race. Just take the amount of money that it costs for that and just divide it amongst all the racers. And it's it just helps out so much more. Oh, yeah, so, definitely awesome because everybody saw me. Everybody said, yeah, we saw you had you had problem at A-Station 3. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you took a long time in that section. You know what I'm telling Yeah, yeah, I saw. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on right there. So people, <laughs> and they were yelling at their phones and computers and hey, what's going on here? Lucy, yeah. get on the damn trail. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So something's going on. Yeah. So when I explained to my live, people kind of like, oh, yeah, we saw that. What was the show was going on? <laughs> yeah. And I, then, you know, I, I threw the link out there on, on Facebook and my wife did too. And it's funny because you can see our, uh, uh, runner friends versus non-runner friends you know my non-runner friends are all putting on there you're doing great you look so awesome my mm -hmm. runner friends are like going well you're still on course you're gonna make the cutoff because <laughs> 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 I, yeah. I did not have, i did not have the race i wanted i, I had a, a and a couple equipment issues and some nutrition issues that slowed me down but uh but yeah, yeah it was funny seeing the difference in comments but everybody was watching yeah yeah, 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 and you can't do that in a normal ultra. You know, you 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 just you see some start photos, and then yeah. you 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 get a call. Hey, I'm finished, and I, I finished in such and such time. That's it. And but so to try to get it, everybody involved from friends and family and Facebook and Instagram or whatever coming in and being able to be a part of the race and cheering you on without you hearing it. Now, one of right. the features that we're going to try to add next year is trail mail. So mm -hmm. your friends and family can give you a shout out and we can have that at eight station three. Like, Hey, here's your trail mail and give it to you. And wow. it's a little piece of paper, which will have whatever is somebody gave you a shout out said, Hey man, you're doing great. Looking awesome. Oh shit. That was my mom, you know, and mm. it'll help the runners out. It, it'll, it'll keep it going. And so trail yeah. mail is what we're going to try to add next year. It's that's just all, another feature. Awesome. So yeah, that'd be mm. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That that give you some motivation. That helps. And everybody everybody can yell at hot chocolate. Yeah. Dude, yeah, turn yeah. around, you idiot. You lost you lost <laughs> you lost again, hot chocolate lost again. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? But I said I said y'all don't understand. It's not that you know they can't understand. They, yeah. He's gotta they, he's gotta they make it to understand. the aid station to get those notes though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're wow. right. They're gonna have to. They're gonna, they're gonna have to find me. Somebody got to find me and give me them notes. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the hot chocolate lost again. But you know, people don't understand. And no. I, I can't. I, I tell people I ain't the only one lost out here. I'm the only one admitting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a map. Then being like, oh, so, that's so obvious. Why? Why would you not turn there, hot yes. chocolate? In the moment. Yeah. People cheering you on, you just have your head down, you're focused on it. Yeah. It's a lot harder in person. Exactly. It is definitely, it, you know, we one of the things we underestimated was the amount of crew, you know, that comes up to the, the these aid stations are tight. I mean, we're on top of a mountain. You got maybe a, a parking area for like four cars, and you got 40 crew cars coming up there. And some of the, one of the things we didn't kind of estimate was they're blocking like yeah. the trail. You know, they're blocking the visual of the runner to 
leave the aid station and look for the trailhead and mm. see the flagging. But if there's a giant SUV in the way, you can't see it. And so Lucian just ran past everything and went down the road past all the cars, not knowing that the trail was on the right-hand side, probably behind one of those yeah. vehicles that he just couldn't see. So it's one of those things that we kind of, you know, again, it's a learning experience for Hunter and I um, to learn these things and to keep everybody on track. So I think what we could do is we can get with Troy and he has two dogs and then mm. we can get him to give you one of them dogs <laughs> and you can run the race with the dog and he'll just pull you in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yo, I, I ain't gonna knock it until I try it. I ain't gonna, gonna knock get you it. a service dog, man. Yo, listen to me, listen to me. I take it, I take it. You made a dog be hugging when it's cold, it's all gonna be good, dog. Mm -hmm. I, I take it. The shit I be going through, I need it. I, I need help. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Next year, I will. I'll I'll do the race with you. I'll run with you, and I will guide you through the whole thing. Shit, shit, well, I do that. It, I I take it. In all seriousness, I think it, it also comes down to a little bit of experience level. Like when you guys are up there briefing it, and you're talking about, you know, the turns are going to be marked with the flags. We're going to point you here, but once you're on the Benton Mackay, once you're on the Pinhoti, just follow the blazes. Mm. I know what that means because I've done a lot of trail hiking on marked trails. You know, mm -hmm. I know how to look for a blaze. I've, I've hiked sections of the Benton Mackay and the Pinhote. So mm. I know what those blazes look like. I think there's a lot of people that do these races that that goes over their head. Hello. And, you know, hello. You're right. You're right, bro. <laughs> and, you, and so that's, that's just one of those things that people, but you learn by experience. I think, I, uh, Lucian, I think you can probably, figure out what blazes are now when somebody's yes. in a blaze you know you're looking for that that painted uh <laughs> diamond or triangle on the tree you know yes. um uh i'm getting, be I'm getting better at that i'm getting yeah, better yeah, at yeah. so it, everything takes trust me even even this way i feel like i was better i just kind of like i feel like but in I the dark it's I, easy I to so miss those learning things. so much yeah. learning to do so much trail wise and i got too excited i was too strong and i went too fast sometimes you have to slow down to speed up so sometimes yep. you just gotta you gotta keep looking i not you know i heard some you know i just you know i don't, I don't blame nobody for for anything i do you know but i i just <laughs> i just i just got i, I got i got i got caught up caught up in and and i went too fast when i should have slowed down and speed up when i should anyway anyway you know. <laughs> yeah so i know lucian lucian got kind of backed up joseph how did your race really go down uh so i think for about the first uh, first 40 miles or so it went pretty much according to plan i was i was planning on doing a, a 20 hour finish i thought that that was reasonable based on my training and my fitness level um and then I was on I was on pace to ahead of slightly ahead of pace for about the first forty miles I think, um, and then it just got cold, and my gut <laughs> started giving me issues, uh, and I don't I don't I, I didn't change my nutrition plan anyways, but uh, my gut was not feeling good. I was happy to every porty pot every porter potty on the course I visited, um, mm. and uh, but I just I slowed down a lot, and then I think it was because I was uh, cold. My gut wasn't feeling particularly great. Um, and then I think I've identified, I've never had anybody pace for me on any of these races. And I definitely slowed down a lot in the last uh, third in the overnight section. I, I end up slowing down a lot. And part of it is, you know, fitness. And, but part of it, I think, is motivation. Because people would pass me and I'd be like, oh, I'm walking. I should run. And I would, I would jog for, you know, a quarter mile to a mile. And then eventually I'd be walking again. And mm. I was just... I wasn't able, I wasn't staying focused on moving fast. I was just staying focused on moving. Um, I've never been fast. You know, I, I said earlier that I've uh, done endurance sports for years, but I was never, never close to the podium. You know, I was uh, middle of the pack or back of the middle of the pack. Um, and I've always told people I'm not fast, but I'm too dumb to stop once I start. So I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if I've got a goal, I'll, I'll hit the, I'll, I'll cover the miles I need to cover in whatever the time allotted is, but, uh, I'm not going to be setting any speed records doing it. And, uh, and moving through the night, uh, I just found myself walking, you know, um, 
I think that I wasn't expecting it to be that cold. I looked at the weather and I saw that it was going to be cold, but, and I knew that last year it rained so much. So I was ready for the rain for everything, except for, I've got some wind and waterproof shells that I put over my, uh, my thin running gloves. And I just didn't even think to grab them. It's not that I couldn't find them when I was packing. I didn't even think about them until I was up there on one of those ridges and that cold wind was just blowing through my gloves. I was like, oh, I've got, I've got shells that would keep my hands warm, but I didn't bring them. And, mm. you know, by the time I got to aid station uh, six, the last one, my hands were so cold. I was having trouble holding on to my trekking poles. So I sat at the fire pit and warmed up my hands for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, just getting my hands warm again before I stood up and, and made that final push. Um, wow. Overall, I, I enjoyed the race. I, I like the, I like the, the trails it's on. I like that area. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I know what I'm getting into, you know, you never know what the weather's going to give you. So I, I just, uh, I just got cold and I got slow. <laughs> so it took me almost 27 hours instead of the 20 I was planning on. But I beat the cutoff, you know, and that's, um, I always, I tell everybody uh, that my goal is just to meet, beat the cutoffs because I'm not, I know I'm not fast. I know I'm not going to medal in any race based on speed, but I always feel confident. If I start a race, I'm confident I'll meet the cutoff and I'll finish the race. There's probably strategies I could do to do better. And I, I think looking back on this race and my last couple races, if I had a pacer, especially in the overnight section, I think I would probably do better. Um, some of my friends that I run with, uh, I'm part of a, a running group, the O-Town Blazers out of Orlando, and uh, they came and paced for me at the long haul, and that really helped that last section. Um, picked my pace up towards the end uh, and just kept me motivated uh, towards the end of that race. So I think that that's something I need to work on getting as a, a crew or uh, you know some pacers that are willing to go run through the night in the mountains with me. I know people like that are out there, but I, I don't have them. In <laughs> yeah. my, my local group of friends. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, looking understand. Those <laughs> yeah. 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 That would be nice, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, especially yeah, in that cold need... mountain. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's always interesting on like the time of the year races or when the race is going to take off, you know, in respect to like the whole race calendar, Jeff, did you have like any particular month in mind kind of in the planning process? When we picked, when we picked April, you know, we, we thought about, see, April here has the w- weirdest weather. Obviously we, we had yeah. snow and we had cold, <laughs> but like a week ago it was 80 degrees, you know I mean? So, yeah. you know, we have some weird weather here when spring hits, you're going to get anything. And I think it's a great time of the year. Obviously we didn't want to do a winter race. It's just too brutal up here. There are a couple of winter races, but they get like 12 people that show up because of the 12 stupidest people in the world to want to do a race up here at that time. You know, yeah, you, could, you could save that for H9. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The 200 miles. Forget that. No. And, and so April was like the perfect time. There's a, a bunch of, um, you know, big races that are in May and in March and here. So it's like the prime time. But one thing that coming from Florida is that when you go out for a run in Florida, you know, when you start early in the morning and you end at like 12 in the afternoon, the temperature changes about five degrees. It's pretty much 80 when you wake up and 85 yeah. when you're done. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just not much. And the weather doesn't change. I mean, you really got, you got humidity and you got a little bit of cloud cover. And that's about it. But here you can start down in Blue Ridge and you climb up to 3,800 feet. It's completely yeah. different at the top of a mountain compared to down below. You're looking at the weather and you look at Blue Ridge. Anytime you look at Blue Ridge weather, weather and you go, oh, it's going to be 40. Oh, it's going to be awesome. No, it's actually going to be 30 out on the course because you're up when you're up at 4,000 feet, it's 10 degrees difference. And the one thing you don't factor in is wind. Wind is always up in the mountains, but down in the valleys where Blue Ridge is, there's hardly any wind. So it's so deceiving that you think that it's a beautiful morning. You're going to go out like that monsoon last year. It was beautiful to start downtown Blue Ridge, but when you got up to the top of the mountains, it's just, it's a different story and, <laughs> and you just can't, pre- you got to prepare for it, but it's tough to prepare for it. But, you know, that's a lot of high elevation for Florida. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just something you got to be aware of. <clears throat> oh yeah. My hand got literally, literally the first time, and this is the first time my hand got a blister from the cold. I don't think wow. I ever had that. 
my I, I formed a blister on my hand from my hand Damn. being so cold. So, wow, isn't like, that wow. called frostbite? <laughs> I don't know what the hell was that. I tell you the truth, I never. No. And I, I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I never had that. So I look at it. What the hell is this? It's called yeah, pollution. That's a good point too, right? Like the snow. Mm. How, and then same thing with Joseph, and I guess all of us here, because you know I grew up in Ohio. How was the snow out there on the courts versus you know all the places we've been, and mm. of course living in Florida? Yeah, the the thing is, it, it, it tripped me out because it was hailing. Like the the snow, the it it came out like little pebbles of of rocks, little little, and it formed snow. Like it was, I, I you know, it was it was it was the craziest thing to me, because you know I've been through you know all type of blizzards and snowstorms and you know I, and I, I I had hail, but it was just like it was like a bunch of little like rocks, little, yeah. and then it, but that's like actual ice, not the little fluffy stuff. You know? Nah, it was yeah. ice, but then it formed a nice looking snow. It was beautiful. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I I, I, I I loved it. I loved just because the elements was different. Like, like, like I, I like I love shit like this. You know, like the the harder it is, the better I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be if I could conquer it, or when I conquer it, not if when when I conquer yep. it. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was it was a change. So yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy well, that I videotaped it. You know, because people probably wouldn't believe it. I actually went live, so people was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> huh? He really doing some. He really hot chocolate. Really doing some real adventurous shit. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true for a lot of Floridians. They haven't seen snow. <clears throat> yeah. So they was like, "Wow!" In April, yeah. you know, shock. and we. We grew up with snow, but we were always prepared for it. You know, we we dress like ski. You know, going going skiing. You're out there with a tank top and shorts, (laughs) and you know it's a different story because you can't stop. I I talked about it at the beginning of the race. Is that you can't stop. You got to keep moving no matter what Mm. because if you if you stop, you're going to get cold. That's what worried me about you stopping was. um, You know, I knew you were going to get really really cold. You had your space blanket, which was awesome, but you're going to be miserable for an hour until we can come get you. And, um, you know, we just don't want anything to happen. And, yeah. and so, but it's just one of those things is that when you're up there in, in, in the mountains, you, the best thing to do is to just keep pushing forward. Now we stretch these aid stations out. And when you kind of look at the map, you can kind of see that they're, they're in places where we have access. It's just limited access up there. So you're going to have to run a 14 mile section mm. because there's no way to get to you. Um, mm. unless we have an ATV mm-hmm. um, mm. and, you, and you can't set up an aid station with an ATV. Um, so, you know, those, the way we've set it up, I think it's, 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 it works, but you just got to be prepared. And you know what, Hunter, I don't want you to come out every single time and, and, or, or come out and just blast this course and be like, <laughs> yeah, that was easy. That was good. I'll never go back. You know, we, we, we want you to struggle a little bit and go, all right, now I know what to do. Let's try it again. So hopefully, Lucian, we next you time, you know what's going on. We want you to accomplish something you're really proud of. Like, Lucian, yeah. once you finish this race, you'll be like that. You'll be so proud of yourself for mm-hmm. accomplishing oh, yeah. one of the toughest races. And like last year was our first year ever really doing an overnight ultra. We put on over a decade of adventure races, but last year was our first really long ultra we ever put on. So we learned a lot. We made a lot of mistakes last year course markings, aid station food, and all that stuff. We try to get as much feedback as possible from last year to apply to this year to make as best race as possible. And I'm, I'm just curious what your guys' opinion of this year compared to last year, and is there anything we could do better for following years? The only thing I can think, the aid stations, um, I don't know how many people you get through there. I was usually, you know, I was the only one, or there'd be like four people at the aid station. But having a few more chairs... Like, I think the most chairs I saw was, like, two chairs at the aid stations um, okay. that I remember. And uh, I took advantage of getting a chair and sitting down, you know, uh, where the drop bags were. I was changing. I, obviously, there's plenty of chairs at Mulberry Gap. But uh, at the other one where the drop bag was, um, you know, a couple chairs. Just places you can sit down, change your socks, take a load off, adjust clothes, whatever. I think having, having some uh, camp chairs, uh, more mm-hmm. of them at the aid stations would be great. 
But then again, maybe maybe you don't need them. A lot of people probably just blast right through there. Yeah. The only the, the only thing I would say is, you know, I mean, y'all y'all did good with more y'all did more markings this year. I could tell, but uh, you know, like. You know, there's certain sections. How like could you tell? You only did a third of the race. Yeah, but, the, the, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. But 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 compared to the third of the the, the, the race last year, yeah, yeah. I did more. So I know both. Yeah. I know both years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the only thing like I mean, some of the turns, you know, make make it a bigger sign. You know, like I need uh, it, it ain't it ain't even y'all fault. It's me. But I need a big sign this way, a big arrow. <laughs> A big fucking bright arrow pointing <laughs> this way. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah. depends on the person. So well, you missed bright, all those. Yeah. Those were in the. That's what the second half of the race was all the big signs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I was. I was gonna say. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. I thought the flash of neon was a bit distracting in the woods at night, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I didn't make it to the part where where the signs lit up. You right. You right. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> in all seriousness, the reflective the reflective tape on the flags was really helpful at night. Just a little bit of little tab of reflective tape, so I could see the yeah. flag from way off heading down the trail. Yeah, another race director suggested that because I had these. You know, I I have the red flags. Everybody has all these different. Every race director has a different colored flag, and and I use the red ones. But the red ones are really hard to see. Uh, you know, in the at night, you can see them in the daytime, but in the night, it's really hard to see. So yeah, adding yeah. the reflective to all of them was was from another race director. We added that change. We definitely added the reflective metal signs. Now I learned a lesson that when you flag a hundred mile course two days in advance, um, hikers, hunters, um, you know, anybody just out there, people on horses, anything like that, they they don't like races. They don't like you know things going through their area. And they take signs and they move them mm-hmm. or they take them and they steal them. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I found that out the first year of the Blue Ridge Ultra. I had gone out the morning of the race. The races already started. Races are on their way. I get to an intersection. I'm like, where are all my signs? And I panicked. I had to go back to the start line, grab some more signs, grab some volunteers to just guide people. But at over 100 miles, it's so hard to regulate that. So what I do is I switch to metal signs that I can screw with a three inch screw into a post or into a tree. So there's no way that they're going to be able to rip that off with, Mm. unless they go back to their house and get tools and come back. Mm. So it really helped out a lot to have the metal reflective signs. than just something I could just a yard sign. I can just stick in the ground. Somebody could just pull up. So, um, you know, those, those kind of changes, um, we'll continue. Um, we definitely want to mark a little bit more on some of the major intersections, um, you know, because just because we, it, it doesn't hurt. We're already there. Might as well just add a few more. Yeah, the reflective tape is a huge thing because I know my first year I did the Skunk Ape Night Run. I just had normal flagging, and I probably had at least 12 of the, like, 50 people that showed up, right, got yeah. lost. And then yeah. the second time, I got all these reflective tape. And I only had like one or two people actually go off course. It makes it it's just you just don't want that as a race director. You just don't want people getting lost. You want them to have a good experience, not not a, a, in your fault. You know, Lucian, that's his fault. But yeah, you yeah. know, but you know, like, you don't want to be you don't want to be blamed. You don't want to be blamed for a course marking. Yeah. You know, so you know, it's just it's it's really important, especially in a long race like this that that has the dangers of hyperthermia in it. Um, you know, we've, we've all kind of every race director kind of looked at what happened in China um, with mm. the hyperthermia of all those mm, runners. Yeah. And it kind of made us sit back and go, wait a minute. Well, what can we do to definitely prevent that? The, the Our race last year, we had a death in a race. Um, it was the C2C, which is across the state of Florida. And one of the mountain bikers was struck and killed by a car. And it's that's the worst nightmare for a race director is to have somebody injured or killed in, in one of your events. And so you, you do as much as you can to try to prevent any kind of problem like that. And up here in the mountains, you're pretty much safe except for the fact that you can get hyperthermia and because you're dressed so thin, so, so lean and you're running and you can, anything can happen. Twisted ankle, fall down, um, luckily, like again, the trackers and the, the um, mercy blankets and everyone having a cell phone really makes this event really safe. 
Yeah, definitely awesome event. And I appreciate you. I appreciate Jeff and Hunter. I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, yes. you know, y'all bring y'all bring that adventure to my life, you know, from across Florida <laughs> 200 to 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 Hunter's endurance race. It bring quality quality life. You know, from well, we got to get you that buckle, man. I'm, I'm coming. We got to get I'm you coming, that buckle. I'm, I'm coming back. I, I'm, I'm, we go, we gonna get this buckle. You know what I'm saying? We gonna get this buckle. I'm I'm I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still All as right. much as I do. I'm still learning. Well, here's an incentive for next year. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. We are adding four hours to the cutoff. Woo! So Hunter wanted to add a little bit more time. We're gonna have an earlier start and a little bit later finish, just to be able to get. We feel, I mean, it's, it's, it's testing. We yeah. know that because it's a wilderness race, because the elements are tough, that we need a little bit extra time. Most of the 100 milers up here are between 36 and 38 hours. We're at 36. And so we're going to bump it all the way up to 40 hours for the cutoff. The, the 100K, super easy. You guys got 30 hours. So uh, that's, mm. that's e super easy. But we're going to bump you guys up to 40 hours to finish. And that'll give you four extra hours to get lost Ooh. next year <laughs> and still stay on course. <laughs> Ooh, motiv motivation. All right. <laughs> motivation. And it, 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 it makes me bring more people. I say, yo, they get, they, they added more hours. Come, let's go. Yep. Yeah. That, let's go. That sounds let's, good. Let's, let's do this. I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably do the hundred miler with a 40 hour cutoff. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wait. And, I, and I'll cross the line at like 39.58. Feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. That, there you that, go. That, it doesn't matter. That's I mean, epic. Joseph, you, Joseph, you got the DFL this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Actually, that's the, that's the second time I've gotten the DFL at one of Jeff's races. I did yeah. that at my first, at my first uh, um, Blue Ridge Ultra, too. They, were, they had forgotten I was on the course. They were pulling up the signs, and I was coming across the bridge. And somebody looks up and goes, we still got somebody on the course. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, is, there, that's, yeah. is there 100 miles of DFL? Does that, is that its own buckle? <laughs> uh, that might be a special buckle. It's, it's got a crack down the middle of it. Yeah. Or maybe a, maybe, a, maybe a buckle that comes with a set of suspenders to wear with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that, that, yeah, yeah that, that across Florida buckle should have came with suspenders. Yeah, I saw the picture of that yeah. thing. Yeah. It doesn't but matter yeah. how you get to the finish line as long as you get to the finish yeah. line. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. all that matters. So. But yeah, Hunter, so I know this course has some of your favorite places on it. I guess I'll start the question off toward Lucian and Joseph. What were your favorite spots? For me? Oh, you asking me? The bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> my my, no, my favorite spot was on top of the mountain when the snow. Amazing. Snowing and hailing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. That was my favorite spot. Wherever that was, on top of the mountain, you know, and it was snowing all, and the leaves was full of snow. The mountain of snow. Yeah, I like the extra miles that were added between two and three. I think that's where the miles were added over last year's race. It, yeah, I like that it. section. It was, uh, and I, maybe it's because I hadn't seen that section before, but I like that section. I enjoyed that. And then there's also, I can't remember where it was, but there's like a. Big climb to a ridge line, and like Lucian was saying, that was like it was like a winter wonderland. So it was really mm -hmm. nice up there. And uh, there were there were two of them. There was one where it was up there, and it was just that that light snow and sleet was coming down so heavy you couldn't see very far. But it was pretty impressive to be up there. And then later, when the sun actually broke out, um, just a real good view from a ridge line. I can't remember which one it was. Mm -hmm. It was before the sun <clears throat> went down. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I ain't reached that far. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy those. Uh, I enjoy those trails up there. So um, I've done. I've done some of the hiking up there. I've section hiked the AT, the Duncan Ridge, some sections of the Benton Mackay. So I just I like that area. Yeah, from what I saw, like a lot of those spots, man, they look they look so cool in a lot of those photos and videos and like Lucian's live footage. So I guess we'll kind of start wrapping it up with, you know, what are your guys' like the final thoughts, the final recap of how the race went. It's 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 definitely amazing uh, race, amazing adventure. It just it, it you know it's 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 life. You know I like running in trails because running in, in nature is like running in life. You know it's just it's I don't know. It's, I'm a city boy. You know that maybe, uh, but it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful and it was last year beautiful. Very challenging, but uh, it, it it fulfills my life. You know adventure. I love adventure races. Whatever, you know, I'm down for any adventure. 
You know what I'm saying? But uh, I loved it. That's that's, and you know, Jeff and Hunter, good people. You know what I'm saying? The energy. I'm all about energy, and you know, Jeff is a, a great energy. You know what I'm saying? And and his son, Hunter's is Jeff's son. You know, I, and they, they got great energy. So I'm all about energy, and thank you guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I. I really I enjoyed the course. The weather was a challenge, but that's part of it, you know. I um I try to be as prepared as I can for the situations, and for the most part, I was, and so I enjoyed it. Um, I never really had any serious thoughts of uh quitting, except for when I was sitting warming up my hands and realized I had to stand up again. I just didn't feel like it, but I pushed through it and finished it. So no, I think that the AR Georgia races are always uh, good races. I've never been disappointed by one of y'all's races, and uh, really enjoyed it. I think that you're your volunteers and your staff were fantastic. Everybody had a great attitude. They were always very helpful and happy and chipper. Uh, yeah. The course was great. Like I said before, I've uh, I joke that I'm I'm not fast, but I'm too stupid to stop. And uh, I enjoy having setting myself a goal. So putting this one on this race on the calendar and knowing what the terrain was going to be like, and then watching what the weather was predicted to be like. No, it was going to be more of a challenge than I initially set out for. But I had a goal, and I knew I was going to accomplish that. I just had to put one foot in front of the other until I got done. And I enjoyed it, uh, and I'll, I'm, I'll more than likely be back next year to maybe bump it up to the 100-miler with the 40-hour cutoff. Cool. Yeah, so, Jeff, what, what's, the, what's the hype for next year? Uh, you know, I think the hype for next year is, is fine-tuning that GPS tracking, uh, allowing for the extra four hours, um, you know, just to have it a little bit earlier start. Uh, that way we're not on the road, um, at seven in the morning is not bad, but there are still some, you know, people going to work. Um, so we're going to give that earlier start longer, longer finish. Um, the, the, the trail mail, I think that's going to be kind of cool because now we've kind of introduced to tracking people kind of see the portal. They understand what it's like, you know, like I said, people were watching Lucian get lost, you know, family and friends were, you know, watching what was going on. And now they're going to be able to interact. They'll be able to send a message um, to the runner from home. And um, I think it, it'll just keep, this race will just keep growing. Um, I think we'll have it mastered here by next year. Um, and, um, you know, hope to see everybody soon at that race. Well, hey guys, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. Heck yeah. All right. All right. I'm out, guys. But it was it was it was a, it was an amazing race. It's always amazing, you know, um, running up mountains and trails and challenging myself. And I keep trying and trying. And, you know, next year I'm going to get it. All right. All right. We'll see you then. <laughs> and thank you, guys. See you, Lucian. Thank you. All right, see you, man. Yeah. Bye, baby. Hey, and there we have it for the 19th episode of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. We finally got hot chocolate on here. It's the Endurance Hunter 100, 100K. What a fun one. As always, who knows what's going to come up in any of these episodes. So until then, happy trails. Happy trails.